Well, hello, everybody. I hope, I'm hoping and praying that we're connected. It sure looks like we are, but you know, I just can't guarantee anything until we start uh, <laughs> hearing yays or nays. I am very happy to be able to tell you that Monica is on with us again today. Hello. hello. Hello, madam. Hello, sir. How are you today? Oh, I'm I'm fine. And uh, if by some chance you're not hearing us, I'm sure that somebody will text Monica and then she will let me know, like usual. Yes. Amen. So, uh, we'll begin with an with a, an announcement that many of you are already aware of. Uh, Kelly, my daughter, Pastor Fabian's wife, um, delivered a little baby boy on this early morning. It was uh, about 12.46 or so on um, Tuesday morning, and so we welcomed little Levi Joseph into, into the fold. Mama and baby are doing well. I'm assuming that Daddy is doing well. The twins are doing well. All God's children is doing well. Is Papa doing well? <laughs> Papa's doing well, and now I'm even doing better because Robin is telling me that she yeah. can hear both of us. So if Robin's saying it, boy, that that's hey. up there. That's in the pantheon. You can take that to the bank. Annette, sometimes, you know, I can kind of no, get a I've little waffle. Annette has already texted me and said that we're loud and clear. And as has Jocelyn, whose birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, Jocelyn. Happy birthday, Jocelyn. <laughs> you know, I, I, we started getting uh, all the rundown of the various Saints Network personnel who have birthdays pockmarking, pockmarking the calendar in January, you know? And so we had all, somehow Levi was able to come through, dance through the raindrops and take a day that nobody else has, January 18th. So that was, that was somewhat of a miracle. Yeah. Hard to do. That's a trick shot. But it was perfectly timed of the Lord. I mean, he was scheduled to be here today, and he waited until after midnight so that he could make his debut on his given day. And all is well with the Lord, with the world, <laughs> and with the Lord. Well, you know, the twins are staying at our house during this uh, happy addition to the family, and so. It was my job this morning to go up and wake them up and get them ready uh, on the pathway to go to school. And so it was really nice to have, uh, to be able to play the card. Hey, you know, your little brother's here. They already knew because they were awakened in the night to say, you know, you have a baby brother. Then they went back to sleep. So I said, you get to go and tell all your friends. And we printed off pictures of, Levi that you can show and boy that that 
that was some nitroglycerin into the tank, and they got up. So I, I don't know what I'll do tomorrow, because the bloom is off that lily. Well, I won't be able to say, hey, you can go and tell your friends, take pictures. I, we've already done that. I'll figure it out. That's that's Papa 101, you know, I'll figure it out. So do you know when they might be able to go and visit them and, and meet their baby brother? Oh, boy. That, yeah, You know, they've, they've tightened the screws at the hospital, and um, I, I'm not sure they're going to be able to. Because they, they have restricted um, visitors to Fabian and then one person designated per day. So if, for instance, you wanted uh, Albert Einstein to come and see the baby and he came and went, that's it. That's, that's your ticket for the day. There's no re-entry. You, know, you can't say, okay, I'm tag teaming. I'm done now. You can go up. So... I will have to figure it out. I'm going to, this is TMI, but I'm going to, I've visited people in that hospital hundreds of times over the years as a pastor. So I'm going to try to, me. yeah, that's true. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to play that card today. Once we finish with his high and holy broadcast, but it may not work. They may give me the stink eye and tell me to go hither. Go say a prayer or something. They may send you to the prayer chapel. That's right. So you you have to go and you have to consult with the grand chaplain to see whether you're clean. You know, it's really weird because she went yesterday for her pre-op COVID test and all the other things you have to do before you are going to be admitted for surgery. And uh, she had just gotten a couple hours before the results back that she was clean and then Levi thought, okay, it's my time to come out. And uh, so we're just very grateful for the blessing of the Lord and for the way that he has orchestrated this entire process. And we're, we're very grateful to him and continue to be giving him thanks. Um, so... Anyway, tomorrow morning, hello, Hank. Tomorrow morning when uh, when I start Wednesday Night Live, I'll give you an update on how my uh, maneuverings went. So that, that'll give you, if you don't really care about hearing the word, at least you may want to tune in to hear if I made it up through the maze at uh, Margot Perot, Texas Health. So, uh, speaking of health, uh, we are continuing to believe that you are getting better and better. Amen. Thank you so much. I know that I'm in the healing process and it's a day-by-day -day kind of thing, but I, I'm very thankful for all the prayers and for everybody that's reached out and been so kind to me through this. And to the Lord for his his abiding presence with me. I honestly cannot imagine going through challenges and trials like this without the Lord and without his saints because it would be a very dark existence. 
but um, he's been very faithful and been speaking to me very personally. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, my life is very simple right now, and I don't despise that at all. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I miss, and I guess the biggest one is just the blessing of being able to walk. And I know that sounds so simple, but um, it's true. So I know very soon I'll be up and about again. But it's just, it's, it's great to be able to connect. And I'm once again very thankful for the provision of the Lord to be able to stay connected, to stay functioning, to um, stay abreast of what's happening and of the release of the word and to be able to pray and know that I'm connected with saints all over the world and um, just I guess that the Lord has taught us how to pray and how to hear him and to be content in whatever circumstance that we find ourselves because he orders our steps so yeah you, long, you know it, it really is miraculous from you know I think back to the first uh, when we first, even before we began to do TriCaster kind of uh, outreaches, those many years ago, um, it's just incredible what what you just said, um, and the connectivity that we are enjoying, and the the way that you know. The, okay, so here's the deal: you are. Uh, restricted in travel currently so you can't go you can't you're not supposed to be really be mobile at all for the for the current moment so that that bone heals but during this time I know that on Saturday you're going to be uh, ministering to a whole group of saints in Western Europe, and uh, you also were putting together a uh, a teaching on prophetic prayer for a prophetic group. Yes. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I, when I was asked to do that, under normal circumstances, I mean, I would have had to carve out, because I mean, it took me a, a good probably eight hours because it was something I had to tie. I mean, it was a teaching that was written out, which I don't normally do unless I'm writing a book. But it was very much like that, where you have to, to script explanation and, and understandings of, of words and, and application of it and scriptures and all those kinds of things. and. I mean, it, had I not been grounded, literally, by the Lord, <laughs> um, I was able just to sit for concentrated time about four hours on Saturday and then about four hours on Sunday because it, it was requested that I have it in on Sunday or submitted. And the Lord just provided the time and the focus because here I am. And so not... Certainly, I have a blessing to, I'm involved in a prophetic collective group of women, mostly in California through um, some of the, the Elishas that I met there through Noah's community, through 
the parents of one of them who has has really created this prophetic group of women and eventually men um, and young people to really train up in the prophetic. And um, so I say all that to say what a blessing it was to be able to share some of the Nematocos understandings of what we know about prophetic prayer and how we've applied that just in our walk for so many years. And um, yeah, so that's that. Well, that's great. And, um, but, but again, I mean, it's not like you are sequestered away and you're, you're like a hermit somewhere and, you know, nobody's heard from you. It's like, you're, you know, you're, you're unable to do anything. I mean, even during this time where there is a measure of restriction, you're, you're able to minister in those two places I mentioned, plus here today. And that, to me, that's just a, a miraculous gift from the Lord. Yeah, and we, before last, I did a, a French a teaching with the French-speaking people. They had requested a series on how to study the Word, and you and I have talked about this a lot. And, um, and quite honestly, having never actually taught how to do this, it took a lot of it. I mean, it took a lot of due diligence. It took a lot of um, really searching and 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 I guess drawing from just experience, experience, experience over the years of study and teaching in the way that we've been taught. And and I I don't want to say I struggle with the preparation of it, but um, it was one of those mountains. And literally, just as soon as I ended up pretty much grounded here and sat down and thought, okay, I have got to get this done and sent to Sylvie for translation, it's like the anointing came. And I sat down and, and literally in one day just put together this 13-page um, document, really instructional kind of document for them and I can't say it's perfect but I can say that I, I really sense the anointing during that time and you know it's I guess if I've learned anything it's that I am very easily distracted and I think we all are I mean we're living in a world of distractions and 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 if anything through is to hone in my focus and and, and not be so, um, I don't know, you know what I'm saying. Yes, I do. So I'm very thankful to the Lord for that because uh, I think it's the beginning of um, hopefully some more fruitful, uh, focused <coughs> study and hopefully the fruit of that. And I'm not like some randomly distracted person. I'm just saying I think we all can be caught away pretty easily with what's, you know, our surroundings and things that we need to do. Well, I can't do a whole lot physically, but spiritually and mentally, I'm good. <laughs> so. Well, I think that's a, that's a wonderful testimony, but it, it, in addition, it, it really does give us pause to, to thank God for the various 
uh, avenues that he has provided for us as saints to reach out and to stay connected and to teach and make disciples, even though at this point we still aren't traveling the way that we anticipate being able to travel. And um, uh, and, and incidentally, I mentioned this, I don't remember when I mentioned it, but on Sunday, um, the 30th of this month, during the Sunday school hour here, uh, we're going to be uh, doing the, the first part of what should be probably at least 100 teachings by me and other teachers from this house and from the network uh, where we're teaching on things that are foundational. Um, and so we're getting the youth room ready with light, with the upgrading our lighting, the spots and the color, the color um, balances and uh, the, the, the microphone uh, capacity and uh, adjusting the cameras. Because <clears throat> really, as I said, we we got this new equipment installed, and then, well, we really uh, we haven't had a whole lot of opportunity to use the cameras, and so um, it's not like you're just not to diminish this. So it's not simply a broadcast. It's something that we're wanting to do in such a way that it that it looks good on the screen and that it um, it can be used over and over again. So this is TMI again, but fluorescent lights are great. They give plenty of light, but they don't really give you that good of a of a base for video. And so we discovered that. And uh, hopefully we'll have all of this put in place by that Sunday. We'll let you know in advance so we can be pray. it's, praying. It's kind of like an inaugural thing. And of course, it is an inaugural thing. And um, so, and again, those of you who are occupied in church service at 9 o'clock in uh, Dallas time on a Sunday, we should have this up on our archive as well. So, those are technical things, um, and we're very grateful to say that these are some things that the Lord has allowed for the Saints Network to be able to do, and we just need creativity, and we need uh, His direction, because I'm just, we want to do what He says to do, we want to embrace the creativity, that Bezalel creativity, and we don't want to invest time and energy and every other type of uh, uh, investment into something that's either not what God wants or is not the best way that it can be done. Amen? Amen. Amen. So... Um, lots of stuff to talk about today, even though we've already said many, many good things. Mm. Um, 
Let's see here. I wanted to reiterate something that I spoke about this past Sunday. And maybe maybe we can just talk about this for a little while. Um, I, I mentioned during the message that I was drawn to 1 John 5 and in regard to forgiving someone or, or asking for their sins to be forgiven. And I don't want to go back through that discussion. I mean, it, that, that's the kind of topic that you could sit in a seminary and debate back and forth from so many different angles. And I hope we just cut through a lot of jargon and made clear what we were not saying on Sunday. But the point for me, though, is that as I was first sensing the Lord direct me to speak about this, he was bringing to my thinking uh, memories of a lot of different people who have labored alongside of us as saints. And um, then we saw many, a lot of them go away. And, and we've even seen some recently that I think many of us would say have not only gone away, but they're dangerously close, and that's all I'm going to say about it, to doing what John says about committing a sin that is leading into death. But I, I started to say, Lord, why are you bringing this to me? Why? why? Uh, I... I I you know when people have left for whatever reason after after we've said ouch um I've just basically blessed them and just re repositioned the wagons and we keep going and I don't know whether I don't know whether this emphasis of the spirit is because God is wanting to restore some of those people to the calling and he's it's his timing to do it in a bigger way than than um than we've imagined and maybe we should be sensitive to the spirit to see who do we need to go before the father in this Iteo type of prayer and ask God to forgive them for whatever course of action led them away from this calling once delivered to the saints and ask God through that then to spark life into that calling again. It's ultimately up to them to, to get back in line. But that was the onus for my thinking regarding this uh, it's kind of a odd message now you were remote at the time monica um did you have any thoughts about about this passage in first john 5 or maybe why god prophetically is highlighting this now 
Well, if I know if I know anything about the Father, it is it all comes down to the heart. And he is so concerned, he is so um, protective, I guess, of the heart of his beloved sons and daughters and really where we where we are in the process because I mean he created us and he knows the things that challenge us the things that we defend the things that we hold so dear that when it's um, shunned we take it very personally because I that we carry the burden of the father's heart and I think it's a natural thing to when somebody shuns um, so, you know, the pearl of grace that he has given to us, the treasure from his heart, from his mind, just from his spirit, that it's, it's a natural thing for us to flinch and say, ouch, what is not okay with him is that we harbor in our own heart. And I think that over the course of, for quite a while now, I mean, I guess from the beginning, it's been a it's been a process for us to to he takes us into seasons where he's refining us in that way and causing us to deal with things that maybe there's may still be a shadow in there of unforgiveness or um, anger or just downright being pissed off <laughs> um, because we take it very personally. And I would, just this morning I was reading when Jesus was talking to Peter about forgiveness and, and he gave that parable about the guy that owed someone money and, and he was forgiven his debt and then he goes to somebody that owed him money and he, he treated him very badly. And the point was is that we have been forgiven much and we have no, there's no place in our heart to hold or to harbor any measure of unforgiveness, even when it's, um, you know, we can do it in the name of righteousness. We can do it in the name of, but this is God. This is um, his word. This is his message. This is his, our mission. And I've never really, you know, when I read the passages about blasphemy, like you just you mentioned earlier, and about the sin that is not forgiven when you blaspheme, blaspheme the Holy Ghost I really never fully understood I think what that looks like what that means and maybe God is going to reveal that mystery to us in greater depth but um, I know for me it's caused me to really go within and be before the Lord and transparent and try to um, just by his spirit allow I don't know, just deal with some, you know, some of those things that I still may be slightly offended by. Um, I don't know. I guess that's where I am in it. Well, you know, I answered your question, but well, you know, it, it, it brings about the idea of forgiving somebody from your personal viewpoint to whatever degree that person either real or imagined has harmed you 
And, and that is something that we need to be really watchful of in our own life. But the weird thing to me about this first John passage that is talking about their sins and forgiveness of sins, it's really not in this first John five, it's really not about us forgiving them. It's about us going before the Father and appealing to him that, you know, to, the Bible says, to him that knows to do what good and does it not, to him it is sin. And that's before the Father. And, yeah. and so we're asking God to forgive that as the Spirit directs so that life might come. And that's kind of a, it's really an odd thing. It's almost Catholic, but but it's it's not it, it i i think the catholics for whatever reason whether it was control or just a misunderstanding or the ignorance of the 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 common people at the time they made this confessional business an entire an entire uh <laughs> it's boy it's a program but I, th I think this is just weird to me. I guess I just, I look at it like, how can we change before the Lord on a, in, in, a, in an area of something that we have not been um, faithful and diligent to address in our own life? You know what I mean? I mean, I know that we're, goodness, I mean, none of us are really found worthy. Righteousness, I, I understand all that, but we are, our heart is to be holy like he is holy. Our heart is constantly in that pursuit of, of, of being refined, being cleansed, being the fire, all those kinds of things. And I think, um, I, I guess for me personally, I feel like, there has to be something in us addressing our own limitations to forgive or, you know, whatever we've harbored or held back. Um, because when I go before the Lord, if I'm going to mediate on behalf of someone, I want my heart to be clean. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess... I don't know. I don't know if I'm addressing anything that you're asking. I just, I mean, this, this is rape. And, and just to think that, that we could be in a position to be able to, to go before the Lord and, and, and ask for that. How can we do that if we've not actually forgiven ourselves? So. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's it's a it's a really higher level type of command coming from John, and um, to be at that point of before the Father, which Jesus said, "Because I'm going to Him, you can be there, and you can iteo." Um, and if you see somebody that has stepped out of what they're supposed to be doing, not because you think so, not because it's your 
list of do's and don'ts, but you know that as a saint, even the big things that you know everybody has to do, you see somebody step away from that, that's going to have ramifications in itself. Forget about forgiveness. I mean, if, if, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to feel it. If I don't do what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to engage in some measure of depletion and maybe even a blocking of some sort. And so, um, to me, I think that we see people like that. It's like a cascade. You know, we used to say, oh, back, back during, I don't know, maybe the second or third wave of people who left this house. And we say, okay, we, you could see the progression. They stopped coming to prayer, which, and then because they're not praying, they're going to be out of touch with what God's revealing. And when they're out of touch with that, those two things, they're going to start drifting apart. And then they're just going to leave. And then that weight from the enemy with the enemy's help is going to cause them to totally disregard the steps that they made that were wrong and enter into bitterness and turn their their purpose into iniquitous attacks against people and against the calling. And so we've seen that. How many times have we said, well, yeah, they just stopped praying and you knew. How do you know they're not praying? Well, you can tell. You can tell, not by criticizing, you can tell when you watch. I, 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 there was a couple here that we loved, and I'm not going to be too clear about who they are. But they were on fire for the Lord. And all of a sudden, circumstances in their life kind of took a different course. And not bad things, but just other things started getting their attention. Then we didn't see them at prayer. And then when we saw them at prayer, they weren't doing at all the things that we were used to seeing them do in the Spirit. And before you know it, then they started drifting away. And, and what we found out later was they started doing things in their personal life that were, that were really damaging to them. And then they were gone. So to me, every one of those things were, you see a brother sin, miss the mark not doing what they're supposed to do in righteousness. Um, the ramifications of that is sin. And, and with that, then, they, 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 they step to me, they step out from the anointing, they step out from the wagon train, as it were, and the protection is not there. They're not friend. Because they're not spending time with the Lord, they're not grasping or remembering what God has said in his word, and on, on, on down through the trail. So, so to me, like John says, if you see a brother sin, if, they, if, if, they're, if they're missing the mark in something that you know, again, it's not just that, you know, we have people in the church as a pastor, even now. And they have their own list of pet peeves. And if somebody gets out of line with their peeve, they'll let me know about it. 
And it's crazy. And I'm thinking, you're going to go to battle over this? I'm thinking, I'm telling, I'm betraying, I'm pulling back the curtain. This is what I think sometimes. I think that's just nonsense. Get off it. This is a pet peeve for you. It has nothing to do with what the Lord wants or doesn't want. But if we see somebody not doing the things that are most readily believed in the Scripture for what the saints are doing, there are going to be ramifications, and the Father is going to notice it. They're going to have ramifications for their lack of obedience and for their lack of pursuit, but that's also going to affect them before the Lord. And so John's saying, if you see that happen, you can go before the Father and on their behalf, ask him to forgive whatever it is that they're doing or not doing, and also then ask that God would send life back into that, almost like give them an infusion of something that's almost like a transfusion from the Spirit that they didn't they didn't see created because of their ongoing walk. But then it's up to them to to do something about it, maybe to be awakened. And and I just don't I, I don't know how you just start go ahead, I'm sorry. So I mean this has happened so many times in the course of the last in our history. Um, as the saints, right? Yeah. And uh, sadly, I mean, it's just that's just reality. We've seen it happen all over the world. And and I have to believe that when we when when we began to see the things that you described, the stepping back, the the beginning, you know, before you even saw them miss the mark, but the the retreat back and and I know you and this body of intercessors that were any in any way aware made intercession for them. Right. Right? I mean, of course we did. I mean, we may not even have been aware of it just through our spiritual intercession, but I know the heart of, of the body, and none of us wanted to see those things happen, and it was difficult. It wasn't like we went into an immediate offended that they didn't come to prayer. It was... Lord, I mean, so, so where we stand today, I mean, not that this can't happen tomorrow, but are, are you sensing that for those multitude of different times that we experienced and we witnessed that happen, that the Lord is saying that even now we make intercession for them? Is well, that what you're sensing? Well, see, that's. What I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the Spirit is going to bring, because if I just sat down and listed every person that, uh, I'll just say what it is. I mean, people get offended when I say it this way, but the list of people that abandoned the purpose, I mean, that's what they did. I mean, this the calling of the saints once delivered, they received it, and and they just kind of jettisoned it. You know, I had one whole church in, you know, I won't say where, but they, they just told, they, they pulled out, disbanded their church and told everybody in their church, okay, 
just forget about all the stuff you you learned as saints. Even though it was all scripture, just forget about that. And, you know, I could list a whole bunch of people, but I'm not going to do that. It's, it's almost like the Mormons who baptize, have baptisms for, for dead people who weren't even part of, part of the, of the, of the, of the Latter day Saints. They were baptizing Abraham Lincoln and all kinds of stuff, other people in effigy that, that was all over the news about 20 years ago, and they're probably still doing it. So I'm not listing out everybody that left the saints or people that I know from your churches who who we knew, and they're, poof, they were gone. Um, but I do think that the Lord will bring people supernaturally to memory. And, and, and the people that you mentioned that we prayed for them, of course we did. But I don't ever remember going and saying, Father, forgive them of that and release life into them. I'm not saying we missed anything. I think this is a higher level thing that John's speaking of. It's The terms he's using to pray are not just every prayer is wonderful. But they're not, these are not just the regular um types of prayer. This this is the prayer that Jesus spoke to his disciples about that was going to be activated because he was at the Father's right hand. So this is this is really a positional point of prayer. And and I'm wondering whether the Father isn't activating this now at 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 a time where we're going to be seeing the enemy try to wear out the saints, and we're going to need to apply this. I, I honestly, a lot of people when they left, I'm not sure the enemy had much to do with it. <laughs> I think they just got tired and just said, "Screw it, I'm not doing it anymore." Or my biological clock is ticking, or I got to find somebody whose clock hasn't ticked out because I've got lineage that I've got to produce, or you know, you know what I mean. I think two things. I think I totally agree with you, and I know the Lord is speaking and, and preparing, I think, us for this kind of positioning in prayer. But, you know, you, you wonder the fullness of what this means when it, God will give them life mm-hmm. and and what what that looks like. Whether, because to me, it's one thing. I don't, oh, this is so hard because we may never see the manifestation of what that life looks like because they may not come back. But what we desire from the Father's heart is that life is breathed into them and they step back into a life of purpose and mission here, wherever that is. And, and, and we just have to trust in that. But secondly, I know you and I have both had visions and in our heart for the prodigals that do come back. And I remember always thinking, you know, they could walk back in the doors and with a repentant heart, fall on their knees and the father receives them in and gives them a robe and a ring and they're positioned back where they were. 
And, and of course, that's our prayer. But I, this goes back to what I was saying in the beginning. I think part of this equation is our um, awareness or acknowledgement of our own heart to receive that back. Because we cannot have any unforgiveness or offense towards them. We have to receive them like the Father received them. And that has been an ongoing prayer in my heart for 25 years now. Just going through just the brutal exoduses that we went through and our best friends and our family. And I mean, it hurts deep. Yeah. But, um, you know, I have to believe that, that, that my sister who under very challenging heated circumstances left this fold and it was many, many years of a lot of challenge and a lot of difficulty and a lot of and Lord just restore her back in the way that you would have her with life into her, into those dry bones. And, 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 and so now I can't, I can't regret where the father has positioned her because she's functioning in life. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's just, there, there's just, there's a lot, there's just a lot to this picture. And, and, I know that the Lord wants us to be ready, but also willing to to take that position. And 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 then I guess steward the manifestation of it in the way that he would have us do that. So Well, yeah, and, and you that's a good question. You know what what is that life? How how does that manifest? What what is that Zoe from the Lord for that person who has missed the mark? What does that do? To me, I think it, like I said earlier, it's like a transfusion. It's like a release from the Father. Because when, when we do things for the Lord, you can feel his strength come to you. You can feel the euphoria of of. Um, of a vitality through um, through accomplishing something in him. And to me, I think that's what it is in this context. And then hopefully through that, it reminds them, oh, you know, it's kind of like, this is a bad illustration. How many times have you heard me say that? If somebody runs out of gasoline... They shouldn't have. They should have paid attention to the gauge unless it was broken. And if it was broken, they should have known it was broken and not got trapped without gas. So they walk down the street. They get a gallon of gas. They come in and pour it in. Well, that's an that's an infusion that really wasn't because they did what they were supposed to do, but it's come into their tank. So what do they do then? They should say, I got enough gas to get to the tank and do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to go fill this thing up or put some money in, however much money you have. And um, But they, they've got a responsibility to do something then and not, should, like Paul said, should I sin that grace may abound? God forbid. And, you know, but then, then this other thing is um, – this is a big topic, and I'm looking at the clock over there. Uh, the sin unto death 
and and blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Um, the only other on a spiritual plane where blasphemia was used on a spiritual plane was when Michael was contesting with Satan. And to me, I think that blasphemy of the Holy Ghost is when somebody is engaged with the demonic and they are purposely either disregarding or speaking negatively against the things that God's Spirit is doing. And in that, they have taken up residence with the demonic. And they're speaking other doctrines. And they're saying, oh, it just can't be. We've seen that. We've seen that. And according to what God says, we can't really, we can feel badly for them. We can can ask God to bless them. But we ain't removing that. I mean, you can't. That you cannot, don't pray for that. So, but, you know, again, and I also reference that James 5, where it's a different kind of prayer, where you're, you know, somebody has uh, come back, they've, they've, they're needing prayer, and their sins are forgiven if people UK and pros UK over them. But the but the the UK prayer where it just focuses in on what their base of being able to communicate with God as a a supplicant and you're 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 stirring that up again basically to get them back into the flow of the church what they should be in that body this is a really wide ranging topic. Um. So, to, back to the question you so uh, adroitly brought forward. Um, I would think that we take this passage as a rhema passage, and we be sensitive to the Spirit to let the Spirit direct who we need to apply this for, and. Because again, if we just start praying this over everybody that left here, that's all we're going to do for a number of hours. Or people that left your churches. Sorry. No, maybe you can help me with this because I know that over the course of years there have been, I mean, in my intercession, the Lord will bring somebody like we've talked about into my my spiritual awareness as I'm in intercession and, and, and I pray for them. And there's been more times than not where I know it's like, I know in my spirit, whether or not God is going to bring them back, whether or not it is his will to bring them back into our fold. And then there's been other people where I, I don't sense that. I sense, I mean, I still have to be faithful to, to intercede, not whether or not I ever prayed, Lord, give them life or breathe life into them. I don't think so, but in my understanding, but I mean, I, I, have you experienced the same thing where I I know that there's some people that they were there for whatever circumstances or whatever is in their DNA for whatever, whatever. 
he, he is coming back. Now, that's odd to say because I'm not saying they're not coming back into the kingdom. I'm just saying back into our particular fold. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. Because to me, this type of praying for the forgiveness of sins is not the kind of prayer that would say, all right, your sins are forgiven you. Go and sin no more. I mean, we're not, we're not um, really speaking about their eternal slate as to whether they're getting into heaven or not. And that brings up another topic. See, we could be, this would be a really great round table, table discussion. Jesus, before the cross, he, he told that, he told people, your sins are forgiven you. Go and sin no more. Um, and to me, it was, don't do what you did. Don't miss the mark again. Don't, whatever you did that got you in this position, don't do it anymore. And so we expunge you of that. You're healed. We expunge you of that episode. Now walk straight. And I'm wondering if it's not that this type of thing that the Lord was patterning for us. Or like with Peter, Satan is desiring to sift you as wheat, but I'm praying for you that you will not fail in faith or communing with the Father. I think that's that's interesting. Yeah. But um, I would say this in the minutes that we have left, um, be sensitive to what the Spirit would do. You remember when we first started that first winter in prayer and there was a word that said that we should put on the nation's wall, it wasn't called the nation's wall then, pictures of people we were believing God was going to save? Remember that? Yeah. (laughs) And we had women that were putting Prince Charles and (laughs) lots of people that I thought I'm not discounting I'm not discounting faith Uh, but it's uh, it it was just really an odd it's an odd time and so I'm not advocating that bless you brother Um, but but you know I think we need to let the spirit guide us and and then obey whatever God puts on our heart for um, for the kingdom, and um, I I I think that that He will that He will do that, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Um. <laughs> uh, the. Uh, so let let's let's be sensitive about that, and then um, also, you know, I I, I really think that um, I, I really think that you know there's so much that the Lord is wanting from us as saints in this hour. It's it's a heightened measure of of duty and responsibility and of authority that he is activating. And um, 
you know, and I, I'm really wondering um, if if we don't need to apply this with again without being judgmental, without being critical. If we see somebody that is that is really weighed down and and burdened, and you know that they're up against it, it, it as saints. If we don't just, you know, we could just say, oh, Lord, be with them, strengthen them, uh, which is a good thing, or offer, is there any way I can help you? But maybe we go before the Father and say, Father, um, I know that Joey over here is a good, good person, and you love him, you've, you've used him, but he's he's really going through some things right now, so... Father, if he's missing the mark in any way, I'm standing with him. And I ask that you, if that's happened, that you would forgive him. Forgive the ramifications of that and release life to him. Get him back on the track. I think that's another dimension of this. And, and you say, well, what's the difference between that and, and just saying, oh, God, bless him. Well, that's good, but you're you're really saying two different things, aren't you? There's two different words have meaning. There's a difference between me saying, oh, bless Monica, and me saying, Father, Monica's really been facing a lot of attack, and if there's anything that has been hindered, and I have prayed this over you, I'm telling tales out of school here, because you're you're out of you're still being faithful, you're doing what you're you're supposed to do, but I know you have responsibilities here in this sanctuary that you've not been able to come and do. And there are there are things that God... Um, it's funny because I said, Lord, I said, Father, this is to no fault of her own, but, but if there's something that she normally is responsible for here that she's not been able to do because she's restricted, cleanse that so that there's no legal ramification that the enemy could come against and accuse, and release the life of that thing back to her. And it's funny because Saturday, you had, uh, I was here in prayer, and you texted something about a, a part of a first Saturday word. And, and so, and it was about the sanctuary. And so I, I went and prayed and reported, and I thought that was really interesting that I was praying about the, the, the sanctuary responsibilities, and um, then the Lord just kind of stirred stirred that alarm within you. So anyway, I just think that we need to be sensitive, and we need to take this passage of Scripture seriously, why God released it, and um, and and let the Lord use you. Uh, in applying this. Amen. Anything further you would like to contribute to that? We've got about less than a minute left, but <laughs> we can go over time. I don't think... A fast talker. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to ask for their money back if we go over time. Just, I mean, I could speak a word of encouragement just about that very thing because one of the things that I've, I've learned and continue to learn is that in our placement, in our function, in the authority that God has given us, 
that you know the kingdom does not shut down when when things like this happen that um, if we are faithful to with our spirits just ready to um, to pray to whatever it might be whatever he might call upon us to do we need to be faithful to that because he he can use it he will use it because he all the things that we the trials the things that set us back or i'm not even going to say it's a setback i'm going to say that maybe alter our normal course of action physically that he knows all these things and he we just need to see our calling into who he created us to be and how he created us a function in the midst of the body in the kingdom and not fall back on that yeah because that that would the enemy would win there and no matter broken foot sickness no matter what it is not sometimes there's circumstances that but I mean, even when I had COVID, I was so, my spirit was so sensitive to all that. Even though I couldn't be in the sanctuary, I couldn't be there with the body. Um, it's just, he, he uses all things for his good and for his glory. And that's who he created each one of us to be and how he created us to function. So just be encouraged. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is this business of, of life um, and the infusion of the Spirit of the Lord that comes when people are functioning in righteousness, which is a, which is a quotient all on its own. You know, I, I know our dear sister Robin is, is listening right now, and we, we love her, and um, she's been really undergoing a lot of physical challenge and it has to be wearying i mean there's it, it, a drain that happens that's indescribable when you are restricted in a hospital or you know you you're undergoing treatments or whatever and it might be a really good thing for us not that she's sinning but but she's really being restricted from doing the things that she wants to do for the Lord. It might be good for us to, to, as we're praying for healing and believing for victory, to also be asking for this spirit of life to be infused into her. I mean, it, to, to, that the spirit inject this. Uh, let, let there be an infusion of it. Uh, that, I think that there's a whole lot of, of, of very, forgive this term, but very deep spiritual understandings that are communicated in this in this brief passage that John of all people speaks about and um and I think we need to not only just focus on you know you see a brother sin take ask the father to forgive that sin that life might be released um I think we need to to see okay why does it say this what 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 is actually the transaction and and look at how important it is that this life is there. And can we also not, which is what we've just been saying, utilize this principle not just on behalf of somebody that's been goofing off, but somebody that is 
that is through no fault of their own uh, being deprived of the privilege of doing the things that they want to do in the Lord. I don't know. Yeah, pray pray about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's see. We are five minutes past, and um, thank you for joining us today. Monica, thanks for tuning in. I don't know what you did with Hank. Maybe he's asleep now. I haven't heard him saying amen lately. He is sleeping at my feet. He Good. I'm telling you, this both of, I mean, Shadow's downstairs. She can't get upstairs very easily because she's old and blind and a little heavy. But um, <laughs> but Hank and, and Scarlett are pretty much constant companions for me. And this dog is so hypersensitive. It's like every time I either go into the prayer room to do a Zoom for a prayer time or a teaching or anything like that, or I came in here to do Saints Radio. He he comes in. It's like he knows. I don't know. It's crazy. Y'all might think I'm absolutely lunatic, but well, that, that's a that's a topic for another day. But <laughs> um, now, Scarlet, we know Scarlet is is she's the prayer dog. She does not come by that lightly. She, I've seen her track angels in this sanctuary, and she's <laughs> just she's just a, a buddy. You know, I remember. When we used to have cats, and I don't want any more, at my house, not in the sanctuary, but at my house, there were times where I would have just incredible encounters early on with the angelic in, in the happy place. And um, um, and when I would open the door to the study, both cats would be sitting right outside, right pressed up against the door. It's funny how these critters are are really can be tuned into the things of the spirit realm yeah. it's really now some are just as dumb as a box of nails and they have no sensitivity at all not not yours but i've been around some critters that i think good grief you whoever your forebear four dogs were you, you <laughs> you're just kind of goofy <laughs> no, I think that in a lot of ways, I mean, God created them. And I think so many, like this one, I mean, he's a watchman. I mean, he is a guard. He is guard through and through, guard dog through and through, and watches and listens and hears and sees. And and, and Scarlet, on the other hand, she's totally different. I mean, she, she does watch and she sees, but she's, I mean, by, by nature, she's, you know, she, <laughs> she's she's a pers- what else? What's the word? She's a pursuer. She's a a, a searcher, a seeker. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, this is way off topic. Well, we've got we've gone into the the, the dessert okay. round of this broadcast, where all of you animal lovers and you know, hello, it's pet talk on Numata Pets. <laughs> Yes, pet talk interpretation. Pet talk. <laughs> of course, then then say, see what those people are doing. They're dealing with familiars, just like those witches do. You know, do you ever see a witch without a cat? So you never know. People are just wacky. I think it'd be kind of cool if we could have a pet talk 
kind of cool if we had a house cat in the sanctuary or in the church. If I thought I could get a cat like my Siamese cat who treated the litter box as holy, I wouldn't mind that. But some of the other cats that I've had, after a while, they just think that the world is their litter box. And so I, I'd be all for that if I, if I had the right kind of cat. And they could cut down on, you know, any little critters that would try to come in and... Um, Chase all ruby squirrels. Well, there you go. There you go. (laughs) 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 Okay, well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, God bless you all. And we'll look forward to seeing or talking to you again tomorrow. Hopefully, it will record the first time this time. Uh, And... um, uh, tune in if for no other reason to hear if I can find a sneaky way to get into the hospital as a pastor to see my daughter and son-in-law and grandbaby. So uh, God bless you all. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Monica. And uh, we'll we'll reach out again soon. <laughs>